Hello, and welcome to the Groovy Writer Podcast, where we explore how to find your writing groove, regardless of your circumstances. I'm your host, author and MFA instructor, Nicole McGinnis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to continue with my mini-series of sorts called How to Write a Novel. Now, this series really applies to any type of long-form writing, from novels to nonfiction to story collections to memoir, etc. So if you're interested in writing any of these or something else, but you're hesitant to start, I absolutely encourage you to go for it. These How to Write a Novel episodes are broken into the different parts of the long-form writing process, and they're really designed to encourage you to do that, to go for it, even though, as we will discuss today, it can be a pretty large undertaking. So again, there are, of course, several steps in the overall novel writing process, including pre-writing, drafting, revision, and editing, broken out into general terms. I've talked about pre-writing and the transition to drafting in previous episodes. Today, I want to talk about what is arguably the most important and time-consuming part of the novel writing journey, and that is actually writing the novel, otherwise known as drafting. It's not at all uncommon for a novelist to write more than one draft of a manuscript, with the idea being that each of those drafts will be more refined than the last, and hopefully closer to the ultimate vision of what the writer wants the story to be. But today, let's focus in on some of the main aspects of writing that very first draft. Just to be clear, when I refer to a first draft, I'm talking about what will typically be a rough version of how the full manuscript will ultimately look. And bear in mind that a first draft will tend to be rougher for some writers than for others. One way to think of it is as the detailed sketch that an artist first completes as a guide to creating the eventual masterpiece. If you're Bob Ross, for example, the rough draft of a novel might be the equivalent of the crude outlines of mountains, clouds, and rocks that you'll later perfect by adding details such as happy little clouds, bits of shadows, light, texture, those things that will really bring the initial concept fully to life. I think it's important to underscore here that a rough draft does not have to be perfect. In fact, I am personally a big fan of putting the rough in rough draft. I actually consider myself to be somewhat of an expert in creating what I call the hot mess draft on the first go round. When it's done, this sort of draft, and I've written several of them, might look pretty much like a dumpster fire to an outside observer. But if I have hung in there and paid attention throughout the drafting process, that dumpster fire will contain all the major elements of the story I'm trying to tell the characters, the plot points, the conflict and motivation that keep things moving toward a resolution. But again, it's typically not pretty. And frankly, over the years, I've learned to be 100% okay with that. In my experience, there's actually quite a bit more wiggle room, for lack of a better term, in a very rough draft than there is in a very clean, correct, and complete draft. I find there's more room to add material, to move things around, and yes, to even kill some darlings when it's time to work on the second draft 
of however many drafts there will ultimately be before I choose one and begin to revise it and edit it, which is the subject of another episode. That's just me, though, and your mileage may vary. Some writers are much more comfortable having a very tidy first draft, and that's great. Whatever works. Finding a first draft style that works for you is what matters. Here's the thing, though. Regardless of how you tend to write rough drafts of things like essays, short stories, etc., that first time you set out to write the first draft of an entire novel, it can be intimidating. It can actually feel a bit like you're standing with one foot on a dock and one foot on a boat that's about to depart. There can be some real uncertainty there. And I think for good reason. Drafting any long-form manuscript is a major commitment. And this is something we might not have fully considered during that dreamy pre-writing phase when the whole concept was all fun and games. At some point, though, we do need to commit to either the boat or the dock to avoid winding up in the drink, so to speak, and with a no-go, a non-starter of a manuscript. Often, things go great once we do commit, which is obviously fabulous. But just as often, the writing doesn't always go so well right out of the gate. It's not uncommon for writers to feel fairly early in the drafting stage when the reality of the task at hand starts to sink in a bit, those first inklings of doubt, it can almost be a sense of what in the world am I thinking? Whatever led me to believe I could write an entire novel? I sometimes struggle to write even a single page, etc. Basically, we soon discover that as it turns out, theoretically writing a novel is a heck of a lot easier than actually sitting down and doing the work. And here is where I want to offer extra encouragement to any writers who are either in the thick of writing a first draft currently, or who are considering doing so at some point in the near future. Writing tends to be a very solitary endeavor, as we know, and it's quite easy to get knocked out of your groove by unexpected happenings along the way. We're going to talk about some of those events that can knock us for a bit of a loop. I have found that just as the lure of success becomes almost palpable once we decide to actually commit to apply the seat of our pants to the seat of the writing chair. At the same time, while we can be dreaming these dreams of, I'm doing this, I'm writing a novel, isn't this wonderful, and it's hopefully going to do great things, and my name will end up on bestseller lists, etc. At the same time, the threat of potential failure can become more real as well. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but I do want to keep it real. Those of us who have some prior experience drafting major writing projects, novel length projects, also understand that that sense of potential failure can actually continue to loom even larger the farther we get into the writing. So it's not just new writers who need to have a plan for combating the sort of resistance and even dread that can pop up for some of us at different stages of the drafting process. More experienced writers need to plan for this too. We need to practice. Our first opportunity to practice this sort of combat, combating the resistance and the potential dread that might pop up at some point during the drafting process, often comes right at the beginning of writing a draft, when we may experience one or more false starts. This is when you think you know how a chapter starts, or where it's headed, especially one of those opening chapters, or what's going to unfold in a particular key scene. But when you get down to actually writing it, for some reason, the plan doesn't work. Maybe what you're thinking will work actually conflicts with something really important that needs to happen later in the story. Or maybe it just feels 
clunky. Once you've executed the plan, it just doesn't feel right. It feels out of place. Something along those lines. Whatever the case, dealing with this sort of false start early on in the drafting process, when I think most of us feel like things should be flowing more or less effortlessly, is not fun. And it can be discouraging. I think it can be especially discouraging for newer writers. In my experience, this sort of thing is a bit less likely to happen if you've done some high-quality research and high-quality pre-writing, which might include things like brainstorming, outlining, listing, etc., which I discussed mainly in episode 6. False starts are also, I think, less likely to happen if you're a plotter, a writer who has meticulously thought about and planned out pretty much every aspect of the story from beginning to end. I discuss plotters, pantsers, and plantsers in episodes 6 and 7, so you might want to check those out if you haven't already. But let's face it, even the most prepared writer sometimes gets tripped up. And again, for newer writers running into this sort of roadblock for the first time can really dampen the confidence needed to keep going. And therein, in my view, lies the biggest danger for newer writers. My main piece of advice for you when you first encounter an unexpected false start is simple. Power through. Don't let your current struggle with this issue kill the momentum of the story that is really needed at the beginning. Whatever you do, don't, I repeat, do not let that first obstacle stop you. In fact, power through is basically my main advice for writing a novel, period, not just for writing the start of a novel. I really hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but you can rest assured that there will be more roadblocks to come while drafting the rest of the manuscript. So rather than giving up or getting derailed, really try to use this first challenge or this set of first challenges, as the case may be, to get your bearings and to start to figure out how you are going to overcome the other challenges you are highly likely to face as the draft progresses. Again, trying to keep it real. In the case of a false start, even if you have to temporarily abandon the beginning of your story and come back to it later, once you have a better sense of how and where to start the thing, I think that's perfectly okay. As I've mentioned before, I'm very comfortable with simply jumping to an entirely different part of a manuscript I'm working on if the current scene just isn't coming together for whatever reason. Not all writers like to do this, of course, but I do think it's so key, again, right at the beginning, if you encounter a false start, to not let it kill the momentum. It actually took me a while to figure out that this technique of jumping to another part of the story and just temporarily leaving that area of struggle behind, it took me a while to figure out that this works much better for me than trying to stick it out with a scene that's not working yet, hammering away at it until I'm thoroughly ticked off at the manuscript, ticked off at myself, and ticked off at the world in general. And I'm only being slightly hyperbolic there, by the way. It can be hard to let go of an issue we're having with the story, even temporarily, but especially where the beginning is concerned. And I'll talk a little bit more about this later in this episode. I do think it's important to not allow ourselves to get bogged down. And this can also be good practice, frankly, for reminding ourselves not to be too much of a perfectionist, not to have too tight of a grip on this first, sometimes very rough draft. The key is to get the information, get the details of the story, get the gist down so that it can be later worked on through other drafts, revision, editing, etc. If you are a very linear writer, 
you might tend to become especially frustrated when hitting one of these initial snags. In that case, try to remind yourself that writing a novel-length manuscript really is a marathon and not a sprint. In some cases, frankly, it's more like an Ironman triathlon. So it's really important that you A, pace yourself, and B, do whatever it takes to avoid becoming so discouraged that you give up. Which brings us to the dreaded middle lands. I wish I had some really great music to build the tension here. You'll just have to take my word for it. They're called dreaded for a reason. This is the point of the drafting process where you're past the beginning, so you've made it through those first pages. They're probably not perfect, and if you're me, the first sparks of that dumpster fire are just starting to take hold. But you've got the basic information down. So you're past the beginning, but you are nowhere near the end. For me, this typically happens about 50 or so pages into a draft. To get back to my dock and boat analogy, being in the middle of a novel, to me, can feel like being on the open sea with no land in sight. You can't see the land you left behind, and you certainly can't see your destination. Add to that fact that you're all alone with this sometimes unwieldy beast of a story that you created and are thus 100% responsible for, and things can get dicey. The stakes tend to feel higher for one thing as the underpinnings of the story start to get tested a bit. As this thing grows, you start to get a sense that things have to tie together in a certain way for the overall end result to work. And when you discover that something isn't working at this stage, it can then call other larger elements into question. Even for writers who aren't tempted to act like a tortured author in an old movie, ripping the current sheet of paper from a typewriter, crumpling it up, and hurling it into a nearby wastebasket that's already overflowing with previously crumpled sheets of paper, the middle lands can tend to be the most fraught and potentially problematic part of a first draft. In my case, the kind of weaknesses I often encounter in a draft here have to do with structure, conflict, characterization, major things that, as it turns out, I start to realize are probably going to need a lot more work. This is still the case when I write a novel manuscript. I just finished writing one not too long ago, even though I've written many of them. And I think I've improved at writing them, but it's still stressful to be in the middle lands. So take heart. Once you're over that initial enthusiasm of, yay, I've just started to write a novel and it's going to be wonderful. And if you, I won't say when, but if you hit those middle lands in a way that is discouraging, don't worry too much about it. It's really common. It's ultimately just another juncture, or series of junctures really, because the middle of a novel can go on for a few hundred pages, depending on how, how long your manuscript will end up being. But it's just another juncture where even experienced writers who made it through the opening pages and the pages after those opening pages can frankly be tempted to abandon a project altogether. So imagine how much more stressful it is for a new writer who's going through this for the first time. Again, take heart. Most of us have been there. Those who haven't, I consider those writers to be fortunate indeed. If we think about it, it really does make sense, I guess, that the more foundational issues, such as the ones I just mentioned, tend to pop up in the middle of a draft. It's usually pretty easy to get the beginning and the end locked into place fairly well when drafting a novel. The beginning, after all, is typically sort of boosted by those initial seeds of inspiration and your excitement about the story you're going to tell, even if there may be some false starts mixed in there as well. 
the end can be equally exciting and satisfying to boot because that's where everything is wrapped up and resolved, or alternately, maybe left in cliffhanger status for the next book if you're writing a series. But the middle, that long and winding road from point A to point B, is where the story can get bogged down, where the twists and turns of backstory and secondary plot lines, for instance, can end up becoming a big rat's nest, even if we're being very careful to avoid that happening. I do want to say here that it's not all doom and gloom, though. The good news, of course, is that we can, again, create as many drafts as we want before choosing the best one and diving into revision. My best advice for any major snags that you hit in the middle of that first rough draft is really a bit different than my advice for working on false starts, those little roadblocks that may happen when you're first diving into the rough draft, when, as I mentioned, maintaining momentum is, in my opinion, so important. For issues that crop up in the middle pages, I generally prefer to work on them until doing so is no longer productive. I'm just not getting anywhere. It's not helping, whatever I'm doing is not getting to the issue. I'm really not as concerned at this point in the draft with maintaining that initial momentum, even though I do want to add here, it's still very important to keep things clipping along at a decent pace. For some reason, I just find it easier to build momentum back into the middle pages, if necessary, a bit later in the process. This is not so much the case for the beginning of a story when I typically have the sense of trying to capture lightning in a bottle and I really don't want to overwork it or let it get bogged down. It's an energy thing about those opening pages that's sort of hard to describe. But with these later issues, whatever they might be, you can think about them, make notes on possible solutions, and play around with wording to a point. You can rearrange some things, etc. But if the issue isn't resolved after a while, and especially if your frustration is growing, which if you're me, it tends to do, it really might be time to step away until the next draft. On a practical note, here's my method for bookmarking those scenes, or sometimes sadly even entire chapters, where there are serious problems that I know for a fact I'm going to need to go back and fix in a later draft. I will change the font color to red and then highlight the entire passage in bright yellow. This acts as a fairly dramatic visual reminder that I can essentially skip working on those passages for this current draft until some sort of a solution presents itself, which it will typically do. It's a way of putting those misbehaving scenes in a sort of literary timeout, and it really does save me from getting too tangled up in them when, let's face it, my time can be spent much more productively by focusing on scenes that are currently working well. As another note here, one of two things inevitably happens with these problematic highlighted scenes later on down the road, Either I figure out how to fix them, as I said, a solution will tend to present itself. Often I think it's the subconscious kicking in when I'm out on a walk weeks later or in the middle of washing dishes. So either that happens and I'm able to have that aha moment and go back and fix the offending scene, or I end up cutting them entirely, these scenes, with no regrets, by the way. I've been doing this for years and I've never looked back and thought, oh, I should have kept that scene. And even if I did at some point have a regret during the drafting process, regardless of what number draft I'm on, I keep all of my cut material. So if I ever do have a regret a few weeks or months down the road, I can just go grab it and try to fit that puzzle piece back in. Typically, the few times I have tried to do this, it still hasn't worked. And so sometimes it takes me a couple times to really convince myself that no, in fact, as much as I love this little snippet, I can't make it work. 
Another positive thing I can tell you is that I have never had one of these problematic scenes unravel an entire manuscript. Not a rough draft, not a later draft. The only thing, in my view, that will for sure unravel an entire manuscript is if you abandon it. So please try to keep the dragons of the dreaded Middlelands in perspective, even though at the time they can seem catastrophic. Learn to change up the writing groove as necessary when you're working on that rough draft. Move to another part of the manuscript if and when you need to. Do whatever it takes, but basically have grit. Don't quit. I really want to make a bumper sticker. Once again, though, it's about enjoying the process when things are going well and powering through, doing whatever we need to do to power through when things are not going so well. Both have always happened for me when drafting a novel. Things have gone well, and then the next day things aren't going so well, and it just sort of changes back and forth. I have so much more to say about drafting, especially about writing that first draft, which really does tend to get easier once we've gotten through the middle lands. Often at that point, we have a good sense of the ending and we're able to cross the finish line, which is just a wonderful feeling. So while I have so much more to say on this and likely will in a future episode, I do want to transition now to the closing segment of the podcast called The Daily Groove, which will hopefully serve as a bit of a continuation this time of the discussion of getting through the middle lands and across the finish line of that first rough draft. Without further ado, Today's Daily Groove comes to us by way of E.L. Doctorow, who said, quote, Writing a novel is like driving a car at night. You can only see as far as your headlights, but you can make the whole trip that way. This particular quote has gotten me through many a drafting struggle over the years, whether the struggle comes at the beginning of a rough draft, the middle, which is typical, as I've explained, or at the end, which sometimes happens too. What's nice about an issue cropping up at the end is you're so close. You can see that finish line ahead and it just feels more doable in my experience. But the quote always makes me think of traveling from coast to coast in a car. The beginning of the trip is naturally exciting because of all the buildup, the preparation, and the anticipation for the journey. The end is also exciting because it's the final destination. But the middle? The middle is vast and occasionally unfathomable. It's where a traveler starts to get road weary, where there may be long stretches between towns and cities where it doesn't seem like there's much to see other than rolling fields and the occasional truck stop. And if you're driving after the sun goes down, you see even less. As Dr. O reassures us, though, that's okay, because the middle of a journey is also where you can make some unexpected discoveries. For a novelist, these discoveries might be about your characters or even yourself. I've had this happen on multiple occasions. You might make the occasional wrong turn, of course, but doing so will sometimes lead you down some surprisingly interesting back roads. In short, if you're drafting a novel, hang in there. Don't quit. Summon the guts to keep going when the going gets tough, because before you know it, you'll be closing in on the end of your rough draft. That first enormous task will be done, and you'll be able to say, I did what I set out to do. I had grit, and I didn't quit. And that, my friends, is a real writer. That's going to wrap things up for today. Thanks so much for being here. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Groovy Writer Podcast. You can connect with the podcast on my website at nicolemcinnis.com and on Instagram at thegroovywriter.com. 
The intro and outro music is Retro by Wayne Jones. Until next time, right on, groovy riders. Right on. <laughs>